All right, guys, welcome back into another podcast. Going to be talking about the Minnesota Vikings this week. It is our second team in our NFC North coverage. If you haven't, go check out the Green Bay Packers podcast, the one that we posted before. Going to have a special guest on today. That's going to be Brooks Radio. Uh, he was on another video of ours prior um, when it was the Charles Schaub Challenge for the PGA Tour. We did the Charles Shaw Challenge that week, so should be a pretty good uh, podcast. Uh, as always, I do want to do kind of a little bit more in-depth breakdown uh, podcast-wise from my YouTube video. So we'll start off with quarterback Kirk Cousins. Uh, it's actually pretty cookie-cutter with Kirk Cousins. Uh, we know that he's going to be a stud throughout some of the weeks, and we know that he is going to be a guy that we can't trust some weeks. I think the best way to put him is that he is a waiver-wire quarterback. Uh, you look at his game log from last year. It was good in some spots and horrible in other spots. Uh, he had, you know, a really tough month where his best point total was 14.3, and that was on 10 passing attempts where he had a touchdown. He didn't even get 100 yards passing that game. Then later on in the season, uh, the schedule got a little bit easier, and, you know, we kind of knew to pick him up. He had 20, 27, 29, 11, 21, 19, 22, and 17 fantasy points for and that was week five through week 13. So there are going to be weeks where we can definitely benefit from having Kirk Cousins. I think he makes for a great you know, backup quarterback if you have the roster size in your fantasy football leagues. Or if it's a two-quarterback league or super flex league, I'm perfectly fine with having him as a quarterback number two. The thing about Kirk Cousins is we, we pretty much know we'll know when to start him. If the matchup's not favorable, don't start him. If the matchup's favorable, start him. It's pretty simple with Kirk Cousins. We know that he's going to produce when it's an easy matchup and he's not going to produce when it's a tough matchup. Um, even with Stefan Diggs gone, I, you know, I'm not too worried about him as a fantasy football quarterback. Some people might be trying to uh, say that they're going to be worried about him as a quarterback. But, you know, you look at when he was in Washington, he still was able to produce even without the best passing targets. I do really like Adam Thielen as a player, and he does have one of the better running backs in the league in Dalvin Cook and a whole plethora of other decent options that are up and coming like Alexander Madison and Er Smith. Speaking of the running back situation, let's get into Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook is a pretty interesting running back this year. Mostly because I can see two paths for him. He could be the best running back in fantasy football. Let's just put it this way. I can make two arguments for Dalvin Cook. I can make an argument for him to be you know, a top three drafted running back, and I can make an argument for him to be a bust. We'll start with the bust argument because I think that's the least likely of the two. The bust argument is that, one, he's a guy that we have to worry about with injury risk. You know, he really rarely has played a full season. Last year, he didn't play a full season. The year before that, he was injured. The injury history is a big concern, and we do have to wonder how many games he will actually start and play in. But one of the things I kind of like about Dalvin Cook is that when he's injured, he doesn't play. Um, It's those players that when they're injured, they try to play through it, and you don't know whether or not to start him. Dalvin Cook hasn't really done that too much which I think is a positive for him because if we go out and draft his handcuff, Alexander Madison, who I really love, you look at the film on Alexander Madison, he pretty much looks like Delvin Cook when he's running the ball. Honestly, if Alexander Madison was on his own, I'd be perfectly fine reaching for him in a draft as like a third overall pick. Let's say I'm trying to think of a team that needs a running back right now off the top of my head. You know, Let's say he went to the Tampa Bay or someone like that. I'd be perfectly fine reaching for 
Alexander Madison because the film really does pop on him. Even though the fantasy stats really don't, the film pops on him. And if Dalvin Cook does get injured, I could see Madison being a top 10 running back pretty easily. But let's get back to Dalvin Cook here. Um, you know, that's kind of the bust potential for him. But you look at what is he did last year. I mean, it was until week 15 when he was injured. He set out the following game. It was until week 15 that he didn't earn a start. And as you guys know, a start earned is 10 or more points in a half-point PPR league. From week 1 to week 14, he did that every single week, which is what we want from a running back. We want a super consistent running back. And he was getting the touches as well. Um, You know, it's tough to make arguments against Dalvin Cook where if he's going to begin those rushing attempts and those targets he had, uh, 250 rushing attempts and 63 targets. You know, that's over 300 total touches or opportunities. That's exactly what I like to see in a running back. I love Dalvin Cook as a player this year. We do worry about his injury history, and if he ends up getting injured, we're going to look back and say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So if you are drafting Dalvin Cook, I think you almost have to draft Alexander Madison this year, and I hate drafting handcuffs, but I think that's just the approach we have to go with this year. And if you're playing in best ball leagues, I would definitely go on and you know reach for Alexander Madison because the upside is crazy. He could be a top 10 running back or a top five running back, and no one would blink an eye. Um, so I definitely like both of those running back situations. And you know, let's just talk about the contract situation for Delvin Cook. So this would kind of go either way. Either he's Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, Melvin Gordon threatened to sit out a little bit, and he ended up sitting out, and they went with um, Austin Eckler, and Austin Eckler ended up being fantasy relevant the whole season. Uh, Todd Gurley, a little bit different situation, but he didn't really live up to expectations last year, and the Rams ended up moving on from him. From a real-life football perspective, I could see that happening with Delvin Cook. I think Alexander Madison, this is going to be the year to prove whether or not they should pay Delvin Cook, and we'll see that I, you know, could go really either way with that. Uh, it's just tough to pay running backs. And with Madison, you know, popping on film, you know, maybe maybe they're forced to let go of Delvin Cook and move forward with Alexander Madison. But obviously Delvin Cook, is he's a stud. And right now we are taking him in the first round. We're taking him with pretty good confidence, but we do need to reach for Madison if that is the route that we go. Now, moving on to receiver position, I really like Adam Thielen. I'm not going to lie. He's going to probably be the guy I own the most in drafts in general just because I think that the targets are going to be there for him and the fantasy output is going to be there for him. Now, if his draft stock starts to rise over the season or over the offseason, over the summer, then maybe we start to think about him not drafting him as much. But right now, where he's at, he's currently at like round four in the standard 12-team league. I love that ADP, especially if we're drafting in best ball drafts. Um, you look at what he was doing before he got injured. He was averaging over 13 fantasy points per game in a half-point PPR league, which was right up there with being a top 10 fantasy receiver, which if you you know times that out through the whole season, he would have been a top 10 fantasy receiver again for the third straight year. And the thing I like about Thielen, too, is that he is super consistent as a fantasy asset. Sure, he may not have as much upside as the rest of them, but he's going to go off throughout the whole season. He's a great week-to-week starter, which is why I like to look for in my fantasy assets. Then if you move on from Adam Thielen, 
there's not really much. They, I think they will need to address the receiver position somewhat. They tried to a little bit with Tajay Sharp. They really want B.C. Johnson to be the number two, and they really like him a lot. I can see why they like him. He's a really solid receiver. I just don't think he's elite or will be elite. He just needs to be a little bit more consistent for us to see him as a fantasy asset. It wouldn't surprise me if the receiver number two in that offense finished as a top 30 receiver. And it wouldn't surprise me if that receiver was BC Johnson. But right now, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Where I would be comfortable kind of taking a risk or reaching for in drafts right now, or the player that I'm most hype about on the Minnesota Vikings is actually Irv Smith, the tight end. <sighs> the talent on Irv Smith is insane. Uh, the Vikings really like him as well. It's great. Well, the Vikings really like all their draft picks from last year. Madison, BC Johnson, and Irv Smith. But the one that popped on film the most to me from a fantasy aspect is Irv Smith. You look at all the targets that are available via Stefan Diggs. Now, Thielen was injured a little bit. Last year, obviously, um, but there's 94 targets available. Not sure. A lot of those are going to go to Adam Thielen, but some of those are going to go to Irv Smith, who I think will be in the number three passing option in the offense behind Thielen and behind Cook. Irv Smith, you know, he's going to be using as a receiver quite a bit. Um, what was it? Around week six, they really tried to get him acclimated and implemented into the offense quite a bit. I think that's just going to continue into this year. We'll see a lot of two tight end sets. Kyle Rudolph isn't going to go anywhere. He's a very solid tight end. And Kyle Rudolph, heck, will probably be a top 15 tight end. But if we're looking for someone with huge upside, which typically what is what we want to do at the tight end spot, I believe it's going to be Irv Smith for us this season. And that pretty much wraps up the Viking segment for me. On my side of the takes, we're about to bring in Brooks Radio here. All right, so stay tuned. All right, so I just got done giving you guys my takes. Now we're going to bring in a familiar face. Uh, you guys might have seen him in the Charles Shaw Challenge video where I took him down with the wine-chugging competition. Uh, he was formerly known as the Voice of Madison. Now he is the Sound of Indy. Brooks, you want to give him a little bit of a breakdown? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you have the the voice or the Sound of India. I like that. I like that approach. But uh, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. It's a uh, an interesting year for the Vikings ahead overall as a team. A lot of transition going on with moves and free agency and a couple first-rounders coming up in the draft. And we'll see kind of how that applies to them from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, that Diggs trade was pretty interesting there, but maybe it'll work out for them. We'll have to wait and see on that. Um, for those of you that don't know, Brooks is a um, Minnesota Vikings fan, and now he's working in Indy, so maybe he'll cover the Colts for us a little bit as well. Um, so it'll give us a particular insight um, for the Vikings. Uh, kind of what, I guess, what is your hopes for the Vikings this year and kind of what's your biggest fear? Okay, so on paper, this definitely feels like a rebuilding year, which is something, obviously, the organization, Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, everyone, they're, they're not going to illustrate that and, and make that vocal. But just completely on paper with the moves that they made, uh, clearing up a little bit of cap space uh, with extending Kirk Cousins that uh, extra couple of years on his contract and uh, making some moves like trading Safan Diggs, somebody that there was a lot of speculation as to whether or not he was trying to leave or not. And surely enough, it kind of panned out very similar way to the Percy Harvin trade a handful of years back where they were denying it, denying it. And surely enough in the off season, they ended up making a move. So, they have a couple of uh, draft 
uh, first round draft picks, 22 and 25, looking ahead at this year's NFL draft, uh, where they could address the wide receiver position, definitely in a, a stacked draft. Otherwise, they you know could fill a lot of other holes, including defensive backs, which they desperately need right now, losing both Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes. Uh, granted, uh, Rhodes could be an addition by subtraction at this point in his career, but uh, but but certainly they they definitely have some uh, holes to fill. I mean, Mike Hughes entering his third year, uh, for, missed a lot of his first year due to an ACL tear, and uh, Holton Hill, who had an eight game suspension la- suspension last season, um, didn't get as much playing time as one had hoped. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, there's another loss as well, so. Um, they have a lot of a lot of holes right now, so uh, they they definitely Mike Zimmer, a guy who loves to use first round picks on cornerbacks. Could that happen again? That definitely could, especially if they have two of them this year. Uh, offensive line, there's still a lot of instability right now, and uh, they actually lost their uh, or they released their right guard Josh Klein, who was actually one of their more efficient offensive linemen last year. Uh, so there, there's a lot of rebuilding, a lot of uncertainty in the guard position. Uh, so a lot of holes to fill, which could lead to a lot of question marks from a fantasy standpoint. You broke it down pretty well there. I don't know if you caught the last episode with the Green Bay Packers, but me and Fulton were kind of touching on how it looked like their schedule was actually a little bit easier as far as matchup-wise for like the receiving game. And I don't, you kind of echoed it there. It's like the Vikings got a little bit worse on defense, uh, especially it seems like that, which, you know, they definitely have some holes to fill there uh, defensively. So it'll be interesting to see there. Um, let's get into the quarterback position here. We'll start off with Kirk Cousins, obviously. So my overall thought process on it is that he's just going to continue to be that waiver wire quarterback for us where when the matchup's right, yeah, sure, go out and grab him. Don't overextend overextend yourself too much kind of what's your thought process on Kirk Cousins this year as a fantasy football asset yeah certainly if you were in like a two quarterback league perhaps or super flex league that it could be a different conversation but at this point he's a certainly a waiver wire quarterback he will have those streaky runs where uh, he can be really really efficient he might even win you a couple games but at the end of the day it's uh you know with, with an offense in, in question uh, it looks like it'll be fairly status quo because even if this team overall isn't as good, uh, Kirk is known to be able to get some garbage time points. So uh, at the end of the day, I a, a lot of people have him ranked. A lot of experts have him ranked around the 19th, 20th range. I think that's a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, harsh on that. I, I would definitely give him, I considering Baker Mayfield still getting 14th, 15th rankings. I would definitely put him around that 15 range uh, this year, but certainly not somebody you'd probably draft. Draft. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that approach. I didn't see that he was ranked at 19 and 20. That That's definitely a little bit too low. That's one of those ones where they rank him lower just because they know he's not going to be a stud. A lot of people, when they do rankings, they like to chase outcomes, and that definitely seems like yes. it's going to be with Kirk Cousins because you know he'd probably finish like 13th, maybe 12th. 14 around that range yeah he's he's not he's not a sexy quarterback to draft yeah. or just even pick up in waiver wires it's somebody you don't really want to go out and get but especially you know you don't really have any uh a higher floor with rushing stats and everything but i mean dude had 26 touchdowns last year i mean just overall from a quarterback passer rating standpoint i uh, had a pretty good season last year considering so uh definitely definitely don't rule out Kirk cousins especially if you're in a bind 
Well, you brought up a good point there too as well. From week five to week 13, he was averaging almost 20 fantasy points per game. Um, you also yeah. brought up another good point as well. It's uh, in a two-quarterback league. That's kind of the format that you and I prefer. Would you suggest drafting him? And kind of where would you find yourself drafting him? I, would you draft him yeah, at like the quarterback 12 spot? Yeah, I would. I would. I would certainly uh, look into Kirk Cousins as a QB two, potentially super flex as well. Just because uh, you know, I mean, again, you're you're going to get a decent amount of stability. The only question marks are those. The the only fear, and I don't think that'll be as common this year. The the issue that the team had last year, where the defense really stepped up, the run game really dominated, and they were just able to control their clock and not really need the passing game too much. Certainly Dalvin Cook is going to be the feature player on this offense and they're going to do everything they can to get him the ball. But at the end of the day, uh, overall as a team, they've definitely looked to regress this offseason in the sense that, yeah, they'll they'll definitely have to try at the very least air it out in order to uh, get some points on the board. Yeah, I agree with that approach. And you just brought up the running back position. Let's get into Delvin Cook there. So my overall breakdown was that, yes, I love Delvin Cook as a running back again this year. You look at his game log, there was only one week, and that was week 15, where he didn't earn a start. A start earned for me is 10 points in a half-point PPR league. So that was absolutely phenomenal. Obviously, the only worry with Delvin Cook is his health concerns, but also my worry slightly is Alexander Madison. He looked absolutely good. Heck, if you look at all the running backs in that offense with Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah, they all were pretty much studs when they got the opportunity to. Are you a little bit worried about Dalvin Cook this year at all? Well, my biggest concern with Dalvin Cook doesn't even necessarily have to do with his game or even Alex. Well, a little bit. You you bring up Alexander Madison's game. It's the fact that he is about to enter those contract negotiations with the Vikings. He even recently said in an interview that he considers himself the best back in the game. So with Christian McCaffrey just getting that fat contract and, uh, you know, and we're, it's not a running back friendly league when it comes to contract extensions. Could Dalvin Cook be one of those guys that holds out? You know, so it's that overall, it will be the biggest factor, I think, in his overall draft position. It could be one of those Melvin Gordon type things where you end up having to get him a little bit later and ride it out and wait for him on the bench. And uh, well, there's no indication that that'll happen. He's certainly due for contract extension. So that also puts the Vikings in a tough place uh, as a franchise. Do they end up doing it or do they say, well, we've got this guy in Alexander Madison who looked great last year. And sadly running backs appear to be more of a dime a dozen than they used to. So where do they move forward as a team uh, from a contract standpoint? So uh, with that being said, if all things go well for Dalvin Cook and he's suiting up every week, uh, there's he, he's definitely the focal point of the offense. I mean, we saw the the game against Green Bay for the Vikings, uh, the I believe week 14, 15 range. Um, he, he certainly, the, the offense just looked inefficient without him or Madison. Uh, suited up and and they're definitely a different offense without Dalvin Cook and uh, the the biggest thing would be injuries certainly uh, that you have to consider I mean it, Dalvin Cook is not one to play a full season but when he is on the field uh, he's a difference maker for the team puts up a lot of points is a three down running back can 
get a lot of points on the board for the Vikings and, and a lot of yards too and uh, meaningful roles. I mean, you, you really saw it firsthand in the Saints playoff game. The fact that this offense where it could look elementary at best uh, without him, they, they are definitely a lot more efficient, a lot more balanced, and they're able to get a lot more production in when he's on the field. Uh, one other little concern, again, offensive line, uh, the lack of digs could you know, lead to more focus from a defensive standpoint on Dalvin Cook. You might get a lot more men in the box and you know, hope that or force Kirk Cousins to throw at the targets other than Adam Thielen. Um, and then you also have yeah. the offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak. It's a familiar face as he was an assistant last year, but uh, it's their third offensive coordinator in three years. So as a matter of the zone running scheme, offensive line, uh, who will they'll fill those holes with an offensive line standpoint? There's a lot of gray areas for this Vikings team. That's some good points there. Um, for me personally, I don't know if we can be too concerned about the offensive line just yet, especially in terms of fantasy football production, because that could just lead to a little bit more dump offs. But you definitely echoed a lot of the things I was saying. Essentially, we're fine with drafting Delman Cook. Heck, if he was, if we weren't concerned about his injuries at all, we'd probably draft him as like the second overall back off the board after Christian McCaffrey. Um, the overall consensus, I think, that you were saying is. Yeah, draft Alexander Madison as a handcuff. Heck, he might even be the best handcuff right now in fantasy football. Is that? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Now let's get into the receiver position. So we're going to talk about Adam Thielen. And right now, he is currently ranked as a fourth round draft pick, early in the fourth round. And I, that caught my eye a ton. You look at him um, before he got injured, he was averaging over 13 fantasy points per game and a half point PPR, which is right on par with being a top 10 fantasy receiver, which would have been for the third straight year. I can see myself drafting. In, in the late second round. Uh, what are your thoughts on Adam Thielen this year? Do you think the targets are going to continue to go up with Stefan Diggs there, or do you expect them to bring in a high-name value receiver? It's. I think it, it's a position they're going to have to address in the draft, and it's a matter of if who, whoever that person be, can they you know, elevate or relieve some of the pressure that Adam Thielen's going to get on defense? Um Right now, the the fear, worst-case scenario, is it, it's going to be another Juju Smith-Schuster type situation. Uh, Best-case scenario, it's kind of status quo, a healthy Adam Thielen. So uh, it's, it's a little hard to say at this point. Uh, you have some weapons on that offense. Guys like B.C. Johnson, uh, they just signed Tajay Sharp. Could one of those guys take on a bigger role? I, it doesn't look great. I know they really like BC Johnson within the franchise. Uh, but again, Adam Thielen has always been a player that really feeds off of digs really well. So uh, without having digs in that offense, it's really hard to say. I would probably put him more as a late third rounder, kind of meet in the middle between experts and, and what you have him as. But uh, it's, it, it's certainly, it's, it's an appealing option to get a number one receiver in the third round, certainly. Uh, when Especially if you're going running back heavy early on in the draft. Yeah, he seems like someone that's just going to be a consistent fantasy producer. Now, yeah, sure, his point total might go down season long, but I think he's going to be a fantasy producer week to week. I do want to circle back to BC Johnson a little bit, but I do want to touch on a, an interesting uh, topic of conversation here, and that's going to be Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph, the tight end situation. Uh -huh. Who, which one of those two are you favoring right now? 
No. Well, from an upside, the, I, the higher floor aspect, definitely Irv Smith Jr. Entering his second year, he has the receiver skills. He started to get a little bit uh, – he started to break out a little bit towards the end of the season. Nothing too flashy, but uh, he was a the guy they drafted in the second round for a reason. And he he's definitely a guy to keep your eyes on. He's, he's the sleeper, the – much sexier pick right now based off his upside. Uh, Kyle Rudolph still a good target of Kirk Cousins. Uh, they have that chemistry I, with the with the red zone passes. Uh, those two are able to feed off each other well. And I think Gary Kubiak's offense will complement them both, especially, again, for Irv heading into second year. Definitely would look into and recommend Irv Smith if you're – trying to get a backup tight end and want somebody off their upside. Uh, but, you know, if you also need that kind of safer bet uh, on a, from a waiver wire standpoint, you definitely can't go wrong with Cal Rudolph either. I think it'll become more evident as the start of the first season progresses, though. Um, that's exactly my take on it is I love Irv Smith as a sleeper. He could be one of those guys where we look back at the end of the year and he's, you know, a top seven fantasy receiver. Now, obviously, it's like the top four are studs in the – rest are just kind of like hit or miss. It's just a matter of accumulating points. I think Irv Smith could have a couple of huge weeks that just like really, you know, increases his point total. And Kyle Rudolph, yeah, he's going to be a consistent producer, probably a top 15 guy and when it's all said and done. Um, but my overall point there was that I could see Irv Smith being kind of used as the number three passing option in that offense rather instead of someone like B.C. Johnson if, if this is – going to be their passing targets i was watching the film on both of them and and they they like bc johnson they like alexander madison and they like Er smith they've hyped them all up quite a bit but the one that was popping out the most film wise was Er smith and it was just pretty shocking to me how well he looked on film compared to bc johnson especially um do you yeah, ha- he has a lot of upside he's a guy you could probably throw on the slot and you know really uh, help extend some drives for that offense. And it, again, it, he, there's a lot of intrigue. He's definitely the sexier of the two. It's just a matter of if he can live up to that hype and, you know, this, uh, you know, lives up to these expectations. Yeah, it's hard. It's, you never really see a tight end number two in the offense be fantasy relevant too much. And it definitely right. seems like Kyle Rudolph is going to be, you know, the every down tight end for sure. All right, so let's move into the team outlook here. Um, so they were rated as the second best um, team in that SV North, and I'm kind of worried about that. You know, especially if Adam Thielen or someone does go down with the current roster situation, they could end up being the worst team in that SV North. I personally think I do think it's a small margin. Um, I think if they stay healthy, though, they could also be you know a top five team in the conference as well. Uh, what's your kind of overall outlook on the Vikings this season? It, it's pretty fascinating based off of how many duds the offense can have per year, especially against those tough matchups, the the NFC North matchups outside the lines have been proven to be very difficult for this team. Uh, granted one of those games against the Packers, they, they were, you know, out two running backs. Uh, so, so again, but the point being is this team had a lot of issues where, you know, Thielen was out for a long stretch of the season uh, you had Dalvin Cook getting banged up towards the end with that shoulder injury. It, it, and on offensive line, that one injury away from just being abysmal once again. So it, it's, it's again, in the 
the one thing that Kirk Cousins can really do to uh, help elevate those stats a little bit, he Kirk can really get some good fourth quarter passing yards, whether they're up or down. Um, he, he's usually able to find a way. He might not win a lot of clutch games, so to speak, but he is also <laughs> able to produce a lot of statistics. Um, yeah, I mean, being one of the top teams in the conference right now doesn't seem likely from an offensive standpoint, but I, I definitely think they could be like a good second tier team. Um, I, I think that the ceiling's probably just as high, but the floor is definitely a lot lower than last year. Yeah, I should have I should have started this off with saying that you and I have both been pretty spot on with the NFC North over pretty much the past five years. I know we predicted the Bears to be pretty good the year they won the division. We said that the Vikings would take a step back that year. Um, same thing with this year as well with the Packers, and then the Bears kind of taking a step back and the Vikings being right around there as well. So we've always had an overall pretty good feel for the NFC North, and it seems like we're kind of echoing the same things once again this year. Now, if you were to place a bet on them to win the Super Bowl, the odds are decent. Do you think they have any chance to win the Super Bowl this year? The the biggest thing for the Vikings, and that's kind of favored them right now, has been the consistency for the most part uh, with Mike Zimmer and really uh, establishing that offense. The, the team itself is – pretty drama free outside of Stefan Diggs this past year. And they've, they've been able to find this camaraderie that the team did not really have before his tenure guys like Leslie Frazier, Brad Childress. There was just a lot of uh, drama uh, in the locker room, something they at least do a decent job at hiding. Um, but uh, so overall there, there's always a chance you never say never uh, on paper. Does this look like a Super Bowl team? No, but if Zimmer can, if Spielman and Zimmer can draft a couple good studs, uh, repatch this offensive line, uh, you'd never say never. They're, they could always make a run. I, I see this team right now is, uh, again, hoping for that wild card, uh, that number six seed. I, if I were to give a record prediction right now based off of the improvements that the Packers have made uh, a second year with uh, their head coach, Looking at the Bears, you got to think they should be getting a little bit better again, um, just be based off of favorable schedules. Uh, not last year they had that first place schedule again, so uh, it was kind of back to reality for them. It's always going to be one of those things with the NFC North. There should be a decent amount of flip flopping. Uh, that said, I think the Packers have got to be the favorites for the NFC North, and then the Vikings and the Bears kind of flirting with that second spot. And then uh, the lines, you never know. I mean, you you keep thinking this could be their year, and surely enough, it, it doesn't happen. <laughs> so this could be one of those those years where the Lions end up making a run for the wild card with Matt Patricia, and then uh, you know, like, and just being a one and done team in the uh, in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting. I it's it's one of those years where. Um, it benefits the Vikings. A lot of fans have lowered expectations right now, and that's definitely a place where that team really likes to be. They're not a team that wants to go in with super high expectations because typically they don't live up to them. It's the 8-7-1 season, Kirk Cousins' first year following the NFC Championship game year. It's um, And that's, that's kind of why last year 
overall, you kind of give that season a nice B plus. They got a playoff win. Uh, they ended up getting another 10 win season following their eight, seven and one campaign. And they, they got a little bit more playoff experience. Now it's a matter of trying to get younger again on offense or on defense rather. And, and, still continue to build some stability on offense and continue to get some momentum. Uh, There's no such thing as rebuild in the NFL, but once again, at the end of the day, it's looks like a bit of a rebuild. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, all things, if all things go well, I think that they are kind of the Tennessee Titans last year where they want to run the ball into the ground. And I think they're a little bit better if all things go well, if they stay healthy, I think they're a little bit better than last year's Tennessee Titans, but obviously they are a few injuries away from, you know, not not being that great, and I, I kind of agree with that as well. Um, any last thoughts about the Vikings or anything like that, or the NFC North as a whole, or just any your your favorite sleeper out there, or just anything fantasy wise? Irv Smith was obviously the one we we're all going to address. Uh, Alexander Madison, great handcuff. If again, I would I would cuff him for many reasons, especially if you're drafting early, just because you need that kind of football itch, and you're doing some early drafts. Definitely get. Let's let's what, let's say Delvin Cook gets injured. Where would you? Where do you think Alexander Madison? Uh, Al- Alexander Madison. Uh, I would definitely put him top ten. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm confident enough to just put him right in that top five right away. But he definitely showed signs of it. It's just a matter of can Madison really take that RB one workload? Um, but on paper, you know, just based off of film, based off of everything we've seen, Alex Zadner Madison has looked to be a stud. The so honestly, I really would try and gobble him up in the draft, whether or not you really have Dalvin Cook, because especially early in this draft, there's a lot of what ifs heading into this season. And again, with Dalvin Cook's contract uh, negotiations continuing, again, he's claiming he's the best running back in the league. He's going to want to get paid that way. Will the Vikings end up coughing up that money when, as as of now, their cap space isn't looking that good? And having both him and Kirk Cousins on some pretty heavy contracts, not many moves are that opens up pretty much nothing for the rest of the team. So, uh, yep, it, it'll yep. be interesting. So, I definitely highly recommend uh, picking up Alexander Madison. As and as far as the uh, rest of the NFC North goes. Um, there's a lot of question marks. Could could a guy like Lazard on the Packers really become that legitimate wide receiver too? Uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of moves are being made for the Packers, and I know you addressed it on your last episode. But um, it, it'll be an interesting NFC North this season. As, again, I'd take the Packers as the favorite. I'd probably pick I'd take the Vikings or the Bears flip a coin for number two and then the lions after that. So yeah, looking forward to the season though. Hopefully we'll get some football. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, we're going to have Brooks give you guys his Twitter and Instagram handles. And then after that, we're going to be logging out here. Totally. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram actually at Brooks radio. Nice and easy. Uh, you can find me on there and, uh, you know, a lot of country music talk, but a lot of football talk, especially as the NFL season gets underway. All right, and make sure if you guys are in Indianapolis, give them a follow, um, definitely. Uh, Beers with Brooks has been a good segment on Instagram Live as well. He's had lots of great uh, fantasy or country artists on there as well, so definitely give them a listen. If you guys are into country music, it'll be a good follow for you.